we're, we are going to expand a little bit here on, on where, we, uh, where we left off, and it seems like it's been uh, quite a while now uh, because the last, our last Wednesday meeting, uh, we didn't talk about this subject. We just uh, we gave some good testimonies, which uh, was very, very good. I thoroughly enjoyed and uh, so I, I want to go back and, and just um, just kind of reiterate here. I do want to read our, our scripture text, uh, which was found in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 43, and beginning with verse number 10 and reading down through verse number 13. Isaiah 43, 10 through 13, and I, <coughs> I, uh, I am reading this out of the New King James Version, and um, the, the Lord uh, speaks to, to and through Isaiah uh, here, it says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there is no foreign God, or there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? And so, uh, in our introduction, I, I read to you uh, there some uh, a, a, a quote uh, from a, uh, a, a letter uh, that, was, uh, that was written from uh, the reformer Martin Luther to, uh, to Erasmus. And uh, Erasmus was a very popular uh, man. He was a very popular theologian. Uh, history says he was very brilliant. He was very, very smart, very articulate man. But he was a Christian humanist. And, and, and Luther wrote to Erasmus in a letter and, and told him that your thoughts of God are too human. And so we, uh, we, we talked about that pretty extensively in, uh, in our original uh, session here and uh, and we we talked about Psalm chapter 50 verse 7 through 21 there and kind of broke that down a little bit uh, we we went to uh, Genesis chapter 1 when we determined that uh, when you talk about God being supreme or the supremacy of God uh, we we uh, laid the 
uh, the definition of the word supreme, meaning highest in rank or authority. It, it means ultimate. Uh, it means final. It, when you talk about the supremacy of God, then you are uh, in essence saying that God is highest in rank. And there's nobody exceeds him. You're saying that he is highest in authority. There's no authority that goes higher than the authority of God. He is the ultimate. He is the, the final. And, um, and we, we looked at Isaiah 55, uh, God's thoughts on uh, when man starts thinking too human of God. Uh, his thoughts on it, and we closed with Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 32, where Paul talks about the, uh, the, the degradation, the moral degradation uh, of the human race. And, and it began when uh, men did not like to retain God in their thoughts. In other words, Man's thoughts of God were becoming too human, and and there's there's a danger there when we when we begin to look at God uh, from more of a a human standpoint than than we do a supreme deity, and uh, and and we don't need to uh, to make the mistake because. The world is making this mistake. And un unfortunately, there are elements of Christianity that are making this mistake of thinking of God in terms that are just too common. We, we can get to a place that we just get too familiar with God. And, and that becomes a problem. You know, when, when we... As God's people gather in the house of worship, and and we we worship God, we we praise Him, you know, we sing, you know, if it if it becomes just rote or or just ritual, and especially if and when the Spirit of God begins to manifest itself. We, we don't respond to that accordingly. There's, there's a danger there because we, we could, uh, we, we could uh, be in the process of becoming too familiar with, with the things of God, with the presence of God. Now, I, I understand we're an educated society, we're an educated world, most of us have been living for God for years, and, you know, we're familiar. We know what the move of God's Spirit is like. We, we, know, we, we know how to sense it. We should know how to be sensitive to it. But when it becomes common and it becomes too human, then, then we are, we're in danger here of making God just no more common than just any other thing, any other person, any other Joe out there, 
And we, we need to maintain the understanding that God is supreme. He's above it all. And, and there, there should be an awe when it comes to the presence of God. There, there should be an awe uh, in, the, in the heart, in the mind of God's people when God's spirit begins to be manifested in, in a gathering. We, we should be in awe of that. When, when we begin to, to, to become, when it begins to become too common for us and it's just, you know, it's just part of the process and part, part of the thing, then the tendency will be that we don't give God the respect that God demands. Amen. Uh, here, here's here, here's where we are sometimes. You know, if a dignitary walked in this place, you know, let's just say, President of the United States walked in this place, you know, <clears throat> it would be proper protocol for every individual in this in this building to stand to your feet. It's proper protocol. You may, you may not like the man, but you need to respect the office. And you need to respect the authority of, of the office. You may disagree with him personally, but it is proper protocol to stand when a dignitary enters in, into your presence. You're, you're honoring the, the office. But, but then, you know... There's something greater than the president that meets us here when we come to the house of worship. And God forbid we should treat a dignitary with more respect than we treat God when God shows up. See, we, we have to understand God is supreme. When his spirit begins to move, it's incumbent upon me to be responsive to the moving of the Spirit of God, you know, no matter how faint it may be or how strong it may be. Because God is supreme. I owe Him everything. You owe Him everything. Amen? You owe Him all of your allegiance. You owe Him every resource that you have. Every ounce of strength in your body, you owe it to him because he is supreme. Amen. He is the supreme God. So, so if our thinking of God is too human, we certainly need to change our thinking. Amen. Amen. The uh the the the, the next heading that I, and I apologize, I, I did not get uh, additional notes printed for you uh, today, but you'll, you'll have them next week. But the, uh, when, when we talk about the supremacy of, of God, we have to take into consideration the infinite distance from the creature to the creator. Now here's where 
kind of the rubber's going to meet the road a little bit. Because believe it or not, there is a difference between you and God. There is a vast difference between the creature and the creator. But the problem that we want to have sometimes is we want to elevate the creature more than it should be elevated. And we want to bring down the creator more than he needs, should be brought down. Amen. Because it's going to be hard for the twain to meet in the middle. Because there is a vast difference between the creature and the creator. So the supremacy of God is seen in the infinite distance which separates creatures from the creator. Even though there are similarities between God and man, we were created in his image. There are also glaring differences. Like God, you and I can love, we can hate. Does God hate? Yeah, God hates. God hates sin. God, God hates evil. We, we, can, we can bless, we can curse, we can extend grace or mercy, we can pronounce judgment, we can make things, we, we can build structures, buildings and, and uh, beautiful edifices, we, we can make art. There, there is a creative ability inside of humanity because of the similarities between us and God. We can make art. We can make music. And the, the list could go on and on. But the, the similarities are not infinite. There is a limit to the similarities. Unlike God, then we are not omnipresent. We're not everywhere all the time. And, and it's even, even hard for our minds because we are finite beings. We, we are limited to one place at a time. It's hard for our minds to even be able to conceive of the idea of being everywhere all the time. <coughs> How do you conceive something that, that fills all time and space, whether it be in, in, in this universe, in this solar system, in the heavens, in the heavens of heavens? And any other solar system that, that we, don't even, we don't even know about. How can we comprehend a, a God that fills all space and time all the time? We can't. And, and when you try to, to understand that, you can, 
you can get an idea of the vast difference, even though there are similarities, but the vast difference that exists between the creature and the creator. Amen? See, there are ways that we are unlike God. We, we Again, we are not omnipresent. We, we'd like to be, you know. I, I know you've, you've, had, you've known of situations and meetings in the past that, you know, you, you, you weren't privy to it, but you would have liked to have been. Because you've made comments, you know, like, well, I tell you what, when they were having that meeting, I sure would like to have been a fly on the wall. You know, just to be able to hear what's, what, what's going on. Well, that's one way you differ from God because we don't have the ability <coughs> of being everywhere present all the time. Amen? We are not omniscient. God is. And, and there, is a, there is a vast difference between the knowledge of the creature and the knowledge of the creator. Now, I'm not saying that we're not intelligent people. We should be intelligent people. God created you with intelligence. God created you with the with the, the ability to reason and, and to think and to contemplate. You know, in, in, in some things, I've, I've heard some people say, well, when it comes to the things of God, you've got to disengage your mind. Now, can I tell you something? That's one of the dumbest things that you could ever say. When it comes to the things of God, you, you need to disengage your mind and engage your heart or your spirit. But yet the prophet said it very emphatically. Come and let us reason together. You, you can't disengage your mind and reason together with somebody. Your mind has got to be engaged and and, and as brilliant as, as we can be and as smart as people are. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not against knowledge. I thank God for knowledge. I, I thank God for modern technology. It, it can be a bane and, and typically it, it is, it can be very much a bane because of the lack of discipline in the hearts and the, and the lives of people. But let me tell you, technology can be a tremendous thing to help spread the gospel to the world. That, that requires knowledge. That requires intelligence in ingenuity. So, so I'm not opposed to technology at all. I, I'm opposed to it when, when, it, when, it steal, when you let it steal your time for worthless things. But see that again. That, that requires intelligence. I thank God for, for medical technology. Amen. It wasn't for medical technology. And God using that. And that knowledge. Some of us probably wouldn't even be here today. 
I, I thank God for that. But see, even, even with all of the intelligence, you know, that, that, that they're, that's available, none of it touches the omniscience of God. See, this artificial intelligence that they're, they're talking about now, and I, I really don't know, you know, that much about it. I've, you know, hadn't delved into it and, you know, don't intend to. But, uh, you know, <coughs> you, you've heard about it. I've, I've heard people say, uh, you know, just to test it, try it out. They've gone online and, and preachers have says, uh, has tapped into that and, and said, uh, give me a sermon on Christian baptism. And artificial intelligence puts it all together, line for line, item for item. And it looks exactly like something that the preacher has researched and put together himself. Artificial intelligence. Our, my wife's son was, you know, showed, showed me a video the other day of, of um, uh, Tucker Carlson. You know, was interviewing this actor. I've never heard of him. I have a clue who he is. You know, I, I was told that he, in, in, a, in a show, he portrayed the President of the United States. Now, this man was very articulate, and, and, and I saw, you know, a clip, you know, in, uh, of, of one of the, the shows where he's sitting before Congress and very, very articulate, and, and I mean just very intelligent. But, in but with Tucker Carlson interviewing him, He's, you can tell he's in that role. And Tucker's talking to him about running for president and he's making certain statements and he's looking at the camera certain ways and making certain gestures. And I thought, man, this dude, this guy here, you know, is I don't know who he is. He's an actor, but I'm telling this, this guy is something else. When the clip was over, her son said, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told that this was not an actual interview, that this was artificial intelligence doing every bit of that. I don't understand that. He, he showed us a, a video of, of a robot of artificial intelligence that, that was somehow integrated with, with, with this stuff and, and, and the robot's boxing a live human and the human is throwing punches. I mean, he's a boxer. He's throwing punches and, and the robot can't see, can't do anything, but with that artificial intelligence, he's defending every blow that that boxer sends and, and working his way around just, just like a boxer and defending. I don't understand that. And, and we look at that and say, man, that's beyond the realm of my intelligence. But, but what we need to understand in all of this awe-inspiring type stuff that we hear about, we need to understand that none of that scratches the surface of the knowledge of the supreme God that we serve. He is omniscient. He knows everything. 
He knows everything. He knows what happened today. Every detail of every life on the face of this planet. He knows every little thought that entered the mind of every brain on the face of this planet. He knows it. He, he knew it before it became a thought. David, in speaking of the knowledge, the intelligence of God, he, he said, you knew, you know my thoughts are far off. What, what David is saying, it, David's not saying, you, I have weird thoughts and you know my way out yonder thoughts that are far off. No, what David is saying is, way on down the road, before thoughts ever enter in my mind, you know what those thoughts are going to be. How can, how can somebody know that? How can there be any entity that can know every thought that's going to course through the human brain, but way before it ever becomes a thought process, I'll tell you the reason, is because there is a supreme God that rules and reigns over everything. Not only is he all everywhere present, but he's all knowing all at the same time. Knows it all. He knows what you'll do tomorrow. He knows what every person on the face of the earth will be involved with tomorrow before it ever happens. Not only is that, but another striking difference between the creature and the creator is the fact that we are limited in power and ability. Right. And, and the supreme God is omnipotent. That he means he has all power. How many of you have ever spoken anything into existence? Any of them? Come on now. I'm going to see your hand. Come on. We can, we can speak things into existence now. Yeah. Can, can we not? We, we can speak things into, speak faith. Come on, speak it out. Speak faith. If you speak faith and you speak it out, it's going to happen. Isn't it? No? Some of you about as confused as you can be. You know, because we've gone to all of these meetings and, and we hear people get up and say, open your mouth and speak a word of faith to somebody. Speak a word of deliverance to somebody. Speak a word of healing to somebody. That sounds well and good. I understand that the Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. But, but here's the fact of the matter. Literal life and literal physical death is not in the power of your tongue. I cannot speak death to you and, and you just fall over dead. I don't have that power. I don't have that ability. Now, am I an advocate of speaking things and are speaking by faith? Yes, I believe in voice and faith. Amen. But just because I voice something in faith doesn't mean that it's going to be created out there somewhere. 
because here, here's the reality of the matter. <coughs> I can speak healing to you and you walk out of this place just as sick as you came in here. Because my words don't have healing ability. I don't have that power. You, you could speak healing to me and I could leave out of here in a coughing frenzy. You know, just like <coughs> I'm all getting ready to have. <coughs> and, and it may not do one thing. <laughs> because we don't have that power. And I know that there's people, you know, will say, well, you know, uh, here, 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 here we are now. You know, here we're apostolic. We're supposed to be able to do these things and, and all of this kind of stuff and speak these things into being and, and, and speak healing and deliverance. And listen, I've heard that all of my life and I've seen people speak a lot of things. And they go out just as bound as they were. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with all of this. When it don't happen, when it don't happen, those that are speaking all the faith, then they want to lay the blame on, on the person that it didn't happen to. There was something wrong with their faith. It didn't happen because they didn't have enough. Well, what's wrong with your faith? I mean, you, you had faith enough to speak it. You know, if you if you had faith enough to speak it, you know, shouldn't your faith come into play? After all, when those when those friends of that man that that was on the bed of palsy tore off the tore off the roof and let the man down in the presence of Jesus, that the gospel writer did say that Jesus looked, and because of their faith, not because of his, but because of their faith, God healed the man and raised him up. I'm not trying to throw any doubt, you know, on, on any, any faith action or faith activity. I'm just trying to help us to understand that even with the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, there is still a vast difference between the creature and the creator. We're limited. He's not limited. We're not everywhere all at the same time. He is. We don't know everything. He does. We don't have all power. He does. Amen. <laughs> we still have to understand that God is sovereign. And God does what God wants to do. Amen. Whether we like it, whether we don't like it. Amen. God is the one that says... I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. You know what that means? He's sovereign. He does what he wants. You can speak it. You can say it. But unless God backs it up, all it is is just a bunch of empty words. See, there is a difference between the creature and the creator because the creator is supreme and the creature is not. All this stuff about, you know, saying it's going to come to pass. Name it and claim it. And all this, all this hogwash. I saw, I saw this, this man 
for the lack of a better term, he's a goofball. Stood up on TV in the middle of COVID. And he said, he pointed at the camera. And he said, COVID, be gone. It's going to be gone. Because I declared it to leave. COVID, he said, <clears throat> be gone. Oh, people went crazy. They was ecstatic. They were happy, clapping, you know, jiggling around, all this kind of stuff. You know what happened? COVID kept raging. The reason is there's a difference between the creature and the creator that we need that we still need to understand uh, to, today, this evening. We we are not of ourselves righteous, holy, or even good. Our words do not have creative power. We cannot heal. We cannot deliver the addict. We cannot release those in spiritual bondage. We cannot bind up the brokenhearted without the help of God working through us because we are finite and God is infinite. Amen. And that's the difference between the creature and the creator. I know, I know scripture said, heal the sick, raise the dead. Cast out devils. I know Jesus said this. But we need to understand. Jesus knew full well. Unless his spirit and his power. Indwelt somebody. There was absolutely no way. They could do any of that. And then the only way. That they can do it. Is if it's a will of God. For it to be done. So when our thinking of God becomes too human, we begin to lose the difference between the creator and the created. Humankind is the clay and the creator is the potter. He makes. He molds. He is satisfied with the creation or... At his discretion, he dashes it to pieces. Look at what, what David said in Psalm chapter 2, <coughs> verse 7 through 9. David said, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. I notice that word begotten means to bear or to beget, to bring forth, to gender. God is saying to the psalmist, I begat you. I'm the creator. I'm the potter. You're the clay. I gendered you. 
I brought you forth and I can have you dashed in pieces like a potter's wheel. So it would not matter if all the inhabitants of the heavens and earth combined in open revolt to attempt to overthrow the attempt and overthrow of the supreme God, it would cause him no uneasiness whatsoever. You understand what I'm saying? It wouldn't matter if, if every created being in the heavens combined with every human being on the face of these, this earth and unified themselves in open revolt in attempt to unseat the creator, that would cause him no uneasiness whatsoever. There'd be no way that God would look at that and say, well, you know what? My throne is threatened. My, my superiority is threatened. My, my supremacy is threatened. I mean, my Lord, why would God feel threatened by any of that when he, he's the one created every bit of it? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and Darkness was on the face of the deep. God said, let there be light, and there it was. Everything that exists, every star, every sun, every moon, every planet, every, every solar system, every black hole, every asteroid, every whatever it is, every seraphim, every cherubim, every angelic being, every human on the face of the planet. God created it all and he's not threatened by any of it because he is supreme. He rules over, over it all. And so, indeed, there, there is coming a time when all the Gentile nations will be turned against God and His chosen people, Israel, the question could be posited: What will the what will be the response of God? I think Psalm chapter two and verse number four answers that question very well. When the question was asked in verse number one, "Why do the heathen rage?" And all this gathering against God, the psalmist answers that question in verse number four. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. You ever seen God laugh? All the Gentile kingdoms of this world coming against his chosen people, Israel. In an attempt to overthrow them and unseat God, what does what's God's response to that? Ultimately, He said, "He that sitteth, he that he that sitteth in the heavens, shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision." God is supreme, Amen. and there is a difference between the created. 
and the creator. And when our thinking of God becomes too human, then we, we start to bring him down on a different level than what God is intended to be. And we begin to elevate ourselves higher than, than, than the created should be elevated in respect to God. Amen? He is supreme. This world doesn't believe it. They, they don't believe it. But he still is supreme. This world is trying to do everything in its power to take away his authority. But his authority is final. They're not going to take away his power. God's not worried about any of this. It's not caused him any, any migraine headaches because people seem to be losing their mind across the face of the globe in, in the last several years. God's not threatened by that at all. God knows exactly what's going on, and he's got the final say of every bit of it because he is still supreme. Amen? Amen. God bless you this evening.